Thought Ale. It ain't about you, it's about the beer. I think I need another drink to stop my suffering. Tell me what did I drink last night? Don't you want to make something great? You, because it's not fucking real life! WEMFradio.com <laughs> Hey, I'm Pat B. J.M. the Thriller Priest. I'm Adam Willis. Just Johnny. And this is the Geek Down on WEMF Radio. Leaping forward bionically. Boom, 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 boom. Mm. Ah, wait, 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 wait. Where's my. I mm. put, some, put some treble in it. Mm. Put some treble in it. Mm. Put some, wait, where's my bass? Hold mm. up, hold up. Ah. Clear it out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B. In the house, we have a full compliment tonight. Mm-hmm. I look over there to my main man, Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. How are we doing, Patrice? Well, I'm okay, man. It's up okay? and down these days, up and down. Yeah, you look better today. Oh, thank you, thank you. You called about his whole name too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I always by his full name. Adam's the, only one, got to. Adam's the only one that does that. My, even my mom's called me Pat. <laughs> <laughs> she calls him P. Yeah. Come on, P. Mm. Pat B. <laughs> All right, get, no, the, no, get no. the vacuum cleaner. No. At home, I'm Boo Boo, or if I, or if I'm around oh. friends, I'm Pat. She, she knows. My mom's, nah, my mom's. You'll always mom. be Patrice to me. Oh, this. <laughs> All right, well, that voice you heard cracking up like he's on something. Jam the Thriller Priest. Peace, peace. Glad to be here, y'all. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you back, man. It's been a little bit. Yeah, it really has been, man. Yeah, you've been all right? I'm doing all right. You good, know, just good, good. trying to stay alive, man. Try to run for the tax man. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you ain't going to tell me. You can't monopolize too much of this man's time. He's got, like, an actual job and a wife and kids. <laughs> you know, uh, 2.3 kids. The, uh, he's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a dog. Um, the uh, Taking the sedan, taking the sob. To, uh, to church on Sundays. I got miles to feed, man. Yeah. Miles to feed. Yeah. Small plot of land outside of Minnesota. <laughs> I got my uh, got my farm. Uh, I want to live in the Pootie Tang life. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank you for making time away from Biggie Shorty for uh to uh. Love these Biggie Shorty. The, the dirty the, D. The thick white woman at the end. He just takes her pie and just rubs it all over his body. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, tackles him through the glass. That was, that was so good. Special but scene. It was a froggy, doesn't it? Dirty, yeah. dirty D. Dirty D. Go oh, down and dirty. Why, where do you think Derek got his name? Oh, from? I know. I know Dirty D got his name from yeah. there. Try to, try to play that man's theme song. Mm-hmm. Abjectly object. He abjectly objects to being subjected in yeah. such a such a such a heckle and jekyll like manner. I don't, I don't know. Such nothing, a dirty nothing, way. Nothing, nothing wrong with jekyll. And of course, the man look, making us look sharp, very businesslike, the silent but deadly, just Johnny. Yo. <laughs> you do. Always understated. Mm. All right. And of course, keeping us crowned crisp and delicious every week. DJ Herb. Herb. Hey, guys. Hey, this guy over here. We have an action packed, fun filled show for you people. We have news. We have, well, we have news tonight. Yeah. All the news is bad. Let's stay away from the news. Yeah. You know what? Y'all yeah. see it all on your TV screens, man. The news is bad. Yeah. We actually, lost some good people, man. I've so I don't really, oh, struggled really? with this over the last few weeks, you too, because there's so many things I want to comment on. And I found. You heard, you heard the, about the, Young, too? Yeah. Well, there's so many things I want to kind of just throw out an opinion and see what everyone's kind of thinking about it. Nah, but I think yeah. the best course of action is just shut up and Pretty just much. pretend like uh, 
Uh, it's not there. <laughs> just let it ride out. It's like, just, 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 just close your eyes and let it happen. It'll be over soon. <laughs> just, that's the horrible oh, way to describe wow. it. Like, Wait, this one kicks your chair and you fall out and you realize that you've just been deep into a dream. Well, just let it ride you, know, out. you know what? Consider this way, brother. We're all in the sunken place right now. That's <laughs> We're all deep in the sunken place. Until somebody snaps a photo of your eyes, you wake up. Jeffrey uh, <laughs> Temple, what happened to you, man? <laughs> the world will be saved by Android phone, apparently. That's what's going down. Right? That was just a phone commercial, the whole movie, I'm pretty sure, right? Oh, it was. Was, wasn't it? That was stupid. Okay, so now no one knows what we're talking about. We also have reviews for. I got Joe Tun on the line. Mm-hmm. I got three billboards lined up for you people. Mm-hmm. Gonna go into Justice League. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which I I, I I didn't see this weekend. Get, I, have, I, I, I have faith despite I'm putting off all preview. D stuff. All, right. all DC stuff is put off for me. I I, I don't catch that the first week. I, I give it to like week three. You know what? That's understandable. Yeah, you know DC's, doing, DC's doing better um better business with their TV shows than the movies. But we have Justice League on the uh, on the roster, so I'll let you know whether or not that, that redeems. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or rebukes the, the the good taste. If you like and, it, go see it. If you don't, of its previous wait three weeks and you can see it a matinee with me. I'm just yeah, trying to find out if you, how can you top an Oscar. That's all I'm trying to find out. Can you top an Oscar? How can you top an Oscar? Oh, mean? we'll 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 find out. <laughs> we will discuss. But not but 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 uh, but after that, we'll turn over to this man who's got the inside stuff, the lowdown, the nitty mm-hmm. gritty, mm-hmm. the nittiest of the grittiest with WWE. What? Survivor Series and NXT's Takeover War Games. Uh, I want to use those sound bites. Want to get you? One, one Sounds good. And about. Triple H's old broken down body. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna talk about that. They incorporated that fool, didn't they? Hmm? They incorporated that fool. Oh, I mean, you oh. see, you to see, oh, oh, you gonna get some burn if they want you to get some burn. Can't we just see like Shane McMahon almost kill himself again? Um, yeah, you did actually. <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> all in one match. Looking forward to it now. But first, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I want to kick it over to Black Adam. Well, is the blackest man in the room? Yeah. Hey, Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, four, two. Okay, now yeah, the three, I just said three billboards. The three the billboards title. outside of Ebbing, Missouri, I believe, is, is, is the full title of this. Yeah, it is. And um, this was Netflix, right? No, no, no. This is a theatrical run. It's uh, playing, I believe, at the Coolidge, a few indie theaters around the city. Um, I was excited about this one because it's directed and written by one of my favorite guys working now, uh, Martin McDonough, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, if you're not familiar with him, he did In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. I remember when I first saw In Bruges. Yeah, when I first saw In Bruges, I went to the theater and it was like, it was. Advertised as this like quirky little comedy, and then you walk in, you're like, "Wow, this is some really serious kind of heavy yeah, stuff." Yeah, it was not a comedy. I felt uh, like they'd throw me a curveball when I caught that. Right, it was just poor, poorly advertised and, mm-hmm. and chopped out there. Colin He's, Farrell doing doing the, a good Irishman. It was kind of him coming back to <laughs> uh, just pl- just play this uh, drunk Irish guy. You're really good at that. So he also you know, has a brother, um, the McDonough brother John, who's done Calvary, Warren, everyone, and the Guard. So they're it's a very talented, you know. Uh, Irish family there they have going. Okay, go ahead. Good for them. So, this one, uh, like uh, some of his other films, is kind of set in motion by some extreme violence. And here in this, we find Frances McDormand, who's just this angry, kind of this bitter woman. And we come to realize why is because her daughter was raped and murdered and set on fire not necessarily in that order and the story the way it goes is we find out that this happened to her so this is seven months later and there's still no leads in the case they have no suspects and basically the case is kind of you know being dragged out and nothing's really coming of it so she 
buys these three billboards that lead into the town of Ebbing. And on the billboards it says, uh, And still no arrests. How come Chief Willoughby and raped while dying? Mm. And so mm. those, she puts those up in the town. And then it's about what kind of happens to that town and the anger directed at her for putting up there. Because basically she goes on her own way and exposes the police and exposes the basically the patriarchy that is kind of ruling this town and 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 calling them out much like a lot of the stuff we're seeing now with like protests and things and it's Mm -hmm. really about the backlash that comes with that okay so it's just like even this woman has suffered such a horrible tragic loss that when she directs her anger directly at them in such a blunt way at the police that that comes with its own set of problems and the, those own set of backlash, not just from the police, but from the people in the town yeah. and saying, like, why are you doing this? It's such a, you know, a blunt and aggressive way of doing that and not really siding. Yeah. yeah, not really siding with her and her pain. You know, this um, sounds like it sounds like America. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it does. I mean, it's, it's legit. All, it's, a, it's a white it's, version of um, Zoo Man and the Sign. Zoo Man and Sign is the play that was a, made into a movie. There's a few different versions. One with uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Huh. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, about a uh, uh, black family living in the hood. Um, a daughter is, uh, well, a family's daughter is killed in a drive-by. Just some, you know, gang uh, hostility on, the, on the street. Yeah. And the father... Does the police do nothing? No one in no one in the neighborhood saw anything because mm-hmm. that's just the mentality. So he puts a sign outside his house, big sign, that says, "The police let my daughter get murdered. The town is doing nothing." Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think I think that's the exact quote. But um, it's, it sounds like very similar. Like yeah, I mean, it's it's just like she is. So, uh, Francis McDormand is so hell bent now, which she's just so consumed by anger and grief that she just all of a sudden just no holds barred, no prisoners kind of attitude, attacking everybody and trying to, I don't know, so much get some answers, but just to just to kind of attack these institutions that it seemingly mm-hmm. are like doing nothing, and she mm-hmm. just feels so helpless. Um, what the movie is not though, it's not a who done it. It's not this like slow build up suspense where they're gonna bring somebody into justice. You know, who it did just it? kind of exp- no, not really. It, yeah. it just it does. It's exp- a slapstick comedy. I knew yeah. it. I knew it. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's some f- funny parts, but it's just it's all bathed in this this level of despair. Mm-hmm. Um, but Frances McDormand is so so good in it, and she's so just this this forward thinking. Really, this this has this agenda that she wants to. To expose all this stuff, but the, the cast in general is so amazing. It's we've got Woody Harrelson as the cop, as Willoughby, oh. Sam Rockwell as another racist police officer, mm. John Hawks as her ex-husband, uh, Peter Dinklage is in this thing, huh. Lu- Lucas Hedge, uh, Hedges is her depressed son. He was uh, uh what was he was in Manchester by the Sea was the last one he was in. Oh. But just a great, a great, great cast, yeah, yeah. absolutely up and down, and. The, the the best part of this movie is really just kind of the dialogue, the the, the back and forth that these people have, and it's just, he writes. I mean, he's a, a playwright before he's a director, mm-hmm. and so he he has a really uh, he has a great knack for writing punchy dialogue that's moving and and non PC and and he just putting his points across on the page, and that yeah, really comes like that through. Prestigious pre- uh, playwright turned screenwriter Tyler Perry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes it, a lot more money than in all of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the sad part is, I mean, this is something that 
I think um, communities of color, will, especially the black community, will like Tyler Perry to actually. Because what, what drew me into even when I saw the trailer for this movie is that story of her being told, this is not proper for you to do this. Right. This, this is not okay for you to do this, which is something that many marginalized people are constantly hearing over and over and over again. Well, so, this yeah, isn't a like, time. This isn't a place for you to talk about your oppression. This isn't a time to talk about the fact that you've been, that you've been sexually assaulted or you've right. been a victim so of race. So when is the best time? So you this is not I mean? proper. Yeah. This has been told over and over again to people who, who have been victimized. Well, it's just uh, it's, it's, somebody, that's it's a beautiful, it helpless, seems like a beautiful story. Yeah, the helpless feeling of like nothing's being done. Mm -hmm. No one's doing anything. Like this is telling me to wait. Of you course, know? her doing these signs isn't going to, you know, really solve anything but it's just this like kind of like this big middle mm -hmm. finger to you it's mm -hmm. like what are you doing what exactly mm -hmm. are you doing but the uh it's the story is a little bit muddied too it's a little bit uh, more complex than that because we do find that woody harrelson as a uh, police officer woody he does sympathize with her but he's also a sick man he's dying of uh mm -hmm. some form of cancer that he has and so a lot of people in the movie feel like, wow, you're attacking this guy and he's dying. It's like, well, my daughter was brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like who's who's right and who's wrong is kind of this, you know, this line that you're going to have to draw for yourself. And then and like, I don't know what side you're going to end up on, but it's mm -hmm. it's a fascinating movie. I would definitely recommend seeing it. It's it's yeah it's definitely worth uh worth your time checking out for for the cast alone you're not going to see a movie like this with just that strong of a a bill up and down it so yeah i that's all i really want to uh, get into with it because uh the the beauty is in you know the details that you're gonna have to go check out that i won't mm -hmm. spoil it for you here but yeah this cool. is a, a solid solid movie and i really really enjoy martin mcdonough so i'm really excited for future works that he has definitely a thumbs up from me Crazy. That's awesome. All right. Black Thanks. Adam Willis gave, gave the word. Gave the word. Uh, you got to see three billboards. Outside okay, Ebbing, Missouri. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to run off. Three, <laughs> three billboards run. outside of Aurora, Wisconsin. <laughs> Aurora, um, Illinois. Aurora, like Illinois. Wayne's World. Yeah. It takes place in the same universe as Wayne's World, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. <Okay>. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Glenn makes <laughs> killed the girl. Ah, no. I get it. <laughs> it. It was Glenn. I hear you're you're doing something. That's uh, that's good. People need a distraction. <laughs> I wish somebody would do something to block out the voices in my head. Oh, jeez. All right. So, that's the movie's called uh, Glenn Billboards. Uh, if you have anything to say about it, maybe you've seen it. Hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com let us know what's going down and hopefully you're watching uh, us on twitch.tv slash the geek down if you are you can jump in the uh, chat let us know what's going on mm -hmm. all right so i'm gonna turn it over to my man just johnny yeah because you have the inside stuff on jotun 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 actually let me not say it like that. that sounds racist that's that's bad yes it i apologize that's her fault man how dare you what's going on what's good see this dude always best always sorry johnny you were saying yeah, so Jotun is a action adventure game that uh, you play as this, I guess, this Viking lady, mm -hmm. and you're sort of dropped into this world, um, I believe, because you died, and you're trying to resurrect yourself, so you're kind of... Wait, so you're in Stovacor. Well, no, not, not Stovacor, um, in uh, Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. Actually, you know, funny you should mention that. This is Jotun, and uh, the reason for the re-review is that they came out with this Valhalla edition uh, that uh, has released on Xbox One, PS4, mm -hmm. and... Uh, updated on PC, so they've sort of expanded a few things from uh, the original release. Uh, so, once again, you're playing as this Viking uh, lady with an axe, and you're going around this world, and 
you are there's essentially these five different areas that you have to travel to and defeat a big major substantial boss and these bosses are presented as uh norwegian uh, viking nordic norwegian Nor- nordic i, I don't the, know well, yeah nordic there we Nor- go the nordic peoples are the folks from uh, from norway Sweden, Finland, oh. Greenland. <laughs> Vikings, uh, Valhalla. What's that? What's that religion? Religion. Yeah. The Norse. The Norse. It's, the Norse it's, it's mythology. All, all there mythology, we go. Yeah. All right. So I'm not. You said it like twice. <laughs> he's like, he's like Norse, I don't know Nordic. I don't know what you call the Norse mythology. I was you, looking for Norse. That was the word I was oh, looking okay, for. Right. Uh, so uh, meanwhile, Adam and I are like. Yeah, you know, I watched American Gods, too. Me, too. That's the the most I got to contribute to this conversation. (laughs) Come on, man. No, it's all how to train your dragon. Yeah. You know better. So you're trying to fight these uh, Norse gods uh, throughout these five different lands, and you... the. The sort of gist of the game is you're traveling through these very large uh, single sort of single shot levels uh, exploring through with very very basic puzzles Mm. if any uh, very few scattered sort of little minion battles if any Mm. uh, and working your way towards uh, the the throne room or the the sleeping chamber of some various god or titan like creature and you slay them and once you slay them you then sort of unlock another path in the main hub world and then you can uh travel to the next particular zone okay so this and is open travel world. the next I was one thinking that for a second right it is not open world it's it's sort of how how do you describe it it's kind of open world but it also isn't it's it's like you have a hub world mm-hmm. and then from there, you access the five or so other worlds, and that will sort of, in each of those... It's I more mean, like an RPG, where you set your destination, you go there, and uh, then you'll come across the random encounters. Yeah, a little bit of a, like action RPG sort of elements in there, but this is not an RPG. It's definitely like an action game, mm-hmm. and where the game really shines is when you are fighting against the these big, giant, massive bosses. Right, That's where gameplay f- uh, footage of that going on the screen right yep. now. And uh, you're fighting against them, and you have to like really read the enemy, uh, the bosses, and see how they are going to telegraph their next attack, dodge roll out of those attacks, or block them, know when to use your uh, your more powerful attacks, and know when you need to do a combo. So it's... And on screen, um, we see uh, the gameplay, Johnny running like a wuss. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and and that is sort of where this game like really shines that and the artwork and and the sound and the music so the artwork it's it's presented as like i don't know like a hand-drawn mm-hmm. uh animation uh where each individual frame of animation for these uh big giant creatures or or small little minion creatures or whatever they're all hand animated frame by frame and so they're playing out their animation yeah, which really, really helps and yeah. fluid but not over um designed yeah it's it's sort of a like a prelude to the quality of animation in like cuphead mm-hmm. but it's sort or um there's this other sort of turn-based um strategy game that has the same style of animation work it's it's kind of reminiscent of like what you expect in uh iron giant style uh animation or art oh uh, well maybe when in the close-ups what i'm seeing here it looks like and correct me if i'm wrong um do you remember oh shiza i forgot the name <laughs> doggone it i was there um it's the game by tim schaefer uh, adventure island 
It looks like Adventure Island style artwork. Uh, I, I'm not too familiar with uh, that art you know style. You Adventure? Wow. Okay. I, I know of the game. I just don't know. I can't recall the artwork. But okay. Well, it's, it's more cartoony. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful world to sort of look around, mm -hmm. but... It, no, it looks fantastic. Very yeah. vivid colors. But that's that's sort of in the boss fights. That's where it really looks impressive. Everything else, when you're traveling through the lands, you don't get animated, fantastic-looking things. What you get is sort of like these static, hand-drawn, hand-painted, or however they did it, mm -hmm. environments, which look really good, but isn't animated at all or barely animated Ew. and it's kind of drab boring and the worst part about it mm -hmm. is that they sort of scaled the world and the levels in each of the individual environments they scaled it way too large like phenomenally large they did it to emphasize the i guess the epicness and the the grand scale of things because you are fighting against these gods and these Big, massive, titany creatures and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But well, of course, you better. This is Valhalla. <laughs> but by doing I'm that, fight, I'm fighting like killer bees and the uh, uh, the the uh, the fire ant army yeah. and stuff. I'd be disappointed. But by doing that, you end up I'm peeing on enemies and stuff. You end up running around this world, and it takes forever to get to the actual boss battle so it also feels like it's padding where they purposely made these things so big because they didn't really have that much content there to begin with mm. but it's also to get you know you're gonna die a lot because you have to learn the boss fights and it's really you're gonna die in the boss fights that's where the the crux of the challenge of this game is and every time you die on that on a particular boss fight for some of these areas for some of these zones the respawn location is all the way on the other side of the map and it takes literally minutes oh, to walk or run back to the area that has the boss to fight them and then to die maybe within like 30 seconds or something like that so you're spending way more time getting to the actual fun parts of the game like than you WoW. are actually uh having fun right all right well it sounds like you're playing wow um and playing badly but does yeah. this have like the same <laughs> does this have the same like it takes time to uh it takes time to respawn maybe you lose advantages you had or, or power-ups you had etc yeah just uh hosed that that's that's another part of the game where it really lets you down is that the the depth of the gameplay and the depth of the mechanics mm -hmm. is really just you axe hit a button to smash stuff hit another button to dodge or block out of stuff and that really is it there's no like depth in there you're not really expanding your repertoire you're not leveling up you're not gaining you know crazy new abilities that are really going to enhance the combat they're not really throwing minions at you and different kinds of minions and different kinds of creatures where you where each of them becomes their own little mini puzzle of how to solve they're not really changing up the combat scenarios on you and then also the worlds you're traveling through are you know they're they're drab and, and sort of they're missing interesting interactive elements to it. I thought you said I thought you said they were the artwork was very vivid and colorful. It looked like that earlier. It is on the bosses. That's where it, you can really tell that they put most of their effort on animating the bosses and getting those fights to look as impressive oh, as possible. Between but there it's just like the hallways from Matrix Reloaded. It's, it's just like a screenshot you're essentially. You're, you're taking a character and you're running around a, a static screenshot almost in some of these environments. There's there's some animation here and there, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's it's just a you know you're a static 
flooring static environment and you're sort of running right through it uh so right. there's no, that and then it's, it's the laxative of gameplay apparently that's that's something mm. that, that, that brings me down yeah yeah it, it, they could have had more with the gameplay and, and sort of more of a pull or change up the formula especially when you die either make things easier or harder or change it up so that the next time you go at it, it's not going to be the same type of uh setup the same type of thing uh and they don't really there isn't really much of that and that sort of continues by the end of the second boss you pretty much don't want to go through these big giant environments anymore you just want to get to the boss and fight them and that is uh and part of that problem is that the storyline there's really no no story or at least it's not worth paying attention to mm -hmm. uh as i said earlier it's you know Hints towards I'm, resurrection I'm dead, and now I want revenge for being dead. Yeah. So I'll come back to life and make other people dead, then I can die and meet them again when they dead. <laughs> and it's a never ending cycle of vengeance. Oh, well, it's it's not a vengeance story, but it's, no, it's not a vengeance story. It's, okay. it's, like, well, it's like I was I was um it would I, be I need better. to come back to life to protect those that I love when I was alive because I'm dead. It would be better if I had any of those things in it. Oh jeez. Yeah, it it like I said, it's almost like a non-existent story that's in there. It's it's all pretty much they decided I these to giants because I don't like their haircut. It's like they wanted to make a game about fighting these big giant Norse gods, and then everything else sort of formulated after the after the fact. Oh, well, around any, that, any, any influence from uh, Shadow of the Colossus? That's no, you're not part. really climbing up anything. Uh, well, I mean, you fighting, you're specifically going out to fight giants. I guess in that sense, yes, but it's more. This is way more action oriented. Whereas Shadow of the Colossus, the boss fights within there were puzzles, right? You had to figure out how to properly take down a, a particular Colossus. This one, it does have that. It does have that where you're sort of figuring out uh, the tells of the boss, how to properly dodge them. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, yes, but it's more action oriented. It's not as puzzly. Uh, where Shadow. Um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, you could sort of take your time, study mm -hmm. them, and sort of try different things. You, you know, it might take you like 20 minutes to complete a boss, but you can, you know, beat a boss within 20 minutes. This one, on the other hand, uh, because it's more action-oriented, uh, you are definitely going to take damage if you take too long and you will eventually die. Mm -hmm. uh, you only have limited sort of special powers available to you, uh, like healing and whatnot. So you have to, you definitely have to go in there and kill them before they kill you. But in the meantime, you have to know your enemy. And like I said, the boss battles are actually really good, mm -hmm. but everything else is outside of that is just boring and drab. Damn, I gotta say, man, this is bringing me down. When you started off, I'm like hearing, uh, you know, vivid artwork, intelligent uh, AI, and like vast expanses of explorable levels. I thought this was um, this was gonna be rated pretty high, but you're saying it's not really earning your uh, seal of approval over there. No, it's a it's a definite thumbs down. I would say Ooh, steer ow. clear of this one. It Jeez. it the problem is that it looks like it's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I thought so. But in actually playing it, yeah. it is it isn't 
at all. I got to say, you're not winning Adam over. Nah. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, it's available on Xbox One, PS4, Don't Don't, and don't PC. tell people what it's available for. Oh, if you don't tell me to play, like don't it, tell me what it's available here. <laughs> so don't tell me. Journalistic integrity <laughs> demands you tell them what it's available yeah, for. I, I, uh, I tell you to go Google it and find it yourself because I don't want to expose you to that. And it costs $15. I want to for knowing how radio works. All right. So it's available for, you said Steam. Steam, Xbox One, PS4, uh, Wii U. It's available on a couple other places too, but those are the the primary ones that you can pick it up at. It's not worth getting. It's fifteen dollars. That'd be fifteen dollars better spent on pizza. That wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you can say that about anything. Though. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have anything to say about better. that, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Or if you're watching on Twitch.tv/slash The Geekdown and disagree with Johnny, jump into the chat. Let us know why. Um, also, hopefully, you are uh, checking us out on SoundCloud or on iTunes or even just subscribed on Facebook and you want to say, hey, man, what the hell? Come down here and grab my scruff for a second. Say, look, man, I played your ton. It was amazing. How did I'm pretty sure the guy who uploaded this video on YouTube, if he's listening, he's coming after Johnny. Because <laughs> <laughs> that joy is what, like a half hour Same long? Like nine! <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta play time in. <laughs> All right, so the game is Jotun. Unfortunately, uh, thumbs down from just Johnny. Yeah. Uh, so we gotta say pass. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, well, well now yeah. something that's completely different. I'm gonna go into Justice League, and I know everyone's been chomping at ever salivating. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, very excited. Forget y'all. I'm excited. Y'all ain't, I have loyalty to DC you to a sure degree. Do. Right. The Thriller Priest, <laughs> JM. Is, 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 Oscar! Said he'll be there. Oscar! I got an Oscar. Said he'll be there week three. <laughs> <laughs> See, my money's in my savings and my, when my checking account works. Oh, okay. So we're talking about Justice League, the latest uh, from DC Films. DC trying to match Marvel's success in the cinema, with their own cinematic universe. And unfortunately, I'm just going to come right out and say this one was not the hit that they hoped not the be. one now mind you this was a production that was played with um i'll, I'll say pretty much tragedy it started off being uh, directed by um uh zach snyder who unfortunately had some uh, familial hardship and had to drop out of the project midway mm. through production and it was taken over by friend of snyder um joss whedon who has had a lot of success with, working marvel, with marvel yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so fans had high hopes for this one and yeah that's the the ultimate guy you want to hand it off to that you think like well at least it's in good hands now yeah yeah, I, I mean, thought so. Like, either, jo- either Joss Whedon or um, Christopher Nolan would be the top right. two names to go to. Which is, you can rule out now. Nolan right away, but that would have been... Well, you can rule out mm-hmm. Nolan, but that's because they already burned... They, they burned him out years ago. Yep. That's unfortunate. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't Joss Whedon, the only other name I could think of that would have had a shred of saving this would have been Edgar Wright. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like Michael Bay. <laughs> Might as well no, be. I think the whole friend, DC no. thing is just a just giant explode. Michael Bay production. <laughs> you know what's sad, though? It was sell, fam. You it know what's sell. sell? It would sell so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was Justice League. Just be more Bay's naked Justice girls League. and just it's bending not, over a car for some reason. Like for some reason. Cars underwater with Aquaman? <laughs> Man. You know what? You know, here's, here's what's ironic, too. The, one of the biggest complaints about this online was the sexual, sexualization of the Amazon after being presented 
presented at right. in, uh, the earlier successful movie um, hmm. from earlier this year, Wonder Woman. And one of the, the, the actresses came out says, I'd never felt more empowered to be dressed like that and, yeah. and doing this. Which so. is very surprising. Mm. It's funny, they came out the there Amazonian like... Society, and then she came out and said the Amazon Society wasn't se- wasn't sexualized or overly sexualized. They were actually presented as competent, Because we know women. how those internet commenters are about protecting women's rights and yeah. their... And their <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, so there, 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 was, there, was, there was enough um, neg- negative, uh, negative aspects everywhere else for that not to be the front runner, which was very surprising because the Amazons did have a, prem- uh, a presence in this. But um, you would think um, <laughs> Zack Snyder would be the one to uh, completely be lambasted for sexualizing the Amazons, but Michael Bay might be the only person in uh, working in cinema right now <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to to take that crowd and be like, no, yep. no, Zack Snyder, let me show you how to really sexualize women. Skimp it up a little bit. Yeah. Explosions and ladies. That's, all we, that's, that's money. That makes money. Yeah, but I will say for as much as they tried once Zack Snyder left this um, project to do more with the story, it still would have benefited from a Michael Bay-like influence in the fight scenes. Because... Uh, they tried to focus on the story in a really ham-fisted attempt at working a more uh, a light a light more light-hearted than we got in Batman for Superman, the, predis- the direct predecessor to this picture, right? Uh, which mm-hmm. was criticized for being very dark, well, very a lot morose. Of these DC movies, I think, hopeless. the biggest you know the difference. It, my my big one between DC and Marvel is obviously the casting, which I've talked about that. But another okay. one is just like how just heavy it is and just seem how it's just so morose and dark it's and like upsetting dark, it's like yeah. there's still comic book things we're looking from escapism we're looking for to enjoy these things and yeah. be like well everyone's dying at the same time that's kind of the nature of dc though dc's typically right, they darker can, they can do it but like it seems like every project is still harping that same oh, kind of that well unfortunately i know been, i know you're attached <laughs> to my friend. i know you're attached <laughs> no unfortunately uh, that's reactionary um keep in mind if you just look at comics history real quick i'm just gonna take a quick sidebar if you look at comics history mm-hmm. dc's always been the lighter company to marvel's heavier company right and daredevil's marvel, not necessarily the happiest of comic books no, it's not but with marvel in the 90s especially was more about x-men and yep. x-men related titles mm-hmm. and Spider-Man like, as well. Yeah, and those mm-hmm. were those were about um, those were allegories even for mm-hmm. uh, civil rights issues mm-hmm. and and uh, members of society not being accepted and forming their own underground factions and then planning rebellions and planning revenge. Mm-hmm. That was really popular. That was really huge. And that really that that dark uh, era of Marvel sold like gangbusters for them. Whereas DC was the opposite, and DC eventually was criticized for being uh, unnaturally. Uh, happy, happy and naturally yeah. hopeful. It's so not an Superman's always going to win. Yeah. Batman's <laughs> always going to catch the Joker. Uh, you know that was uh, really that was really frowned upon because it seemed unrealistic at a time when Marvel books were approaching uh, hard, more hard hitting issues. You know, the Punisher's taking down serial killers. You know, mm-hmm. X Men are facing discrimination even though they're doing good things in society. You know, those were more realistic. So DC really went, um, really went left field in trying to overcompensate for that. And that's when you get storylines of uh, Aquaman loses his his hand on panel, and then he's become he becomes this really dark, angry figure. You mm-hmm. know, Batman goes really deep into his war on crime, and then that consistently gets worse with them destroying half of the country with uh, with um, earthquakes and stuff in no man's land yeah you know and they went really deep into it and then they just kind of carry it over with that whereas marvel learned their lesson with the changing times we have to focus more on stories about like captain america make that deal with more 
um, I guess, uh, relevant world issues. You know, Captain America dealing with situations in Afghanistan. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, we're dealing with uh, domestic terrorism here and how they can focus on rebuilding the, the, the spirit of the people they protect. Mm. Whereas DC was like, okay, now uh, one of Batman's methods of, uh, of uh, maintaining a totalitarian control has taken over society and now people are getting killed by being turned into, it's kind of like the Matrix. Yep. And, where every, everyone, and the Matrix um, reloaded, everyone was turning into Dr. Smiths yep. everywhere. It was along the same lines as that. You know, everyone's, even you're a regular citizen, but you're at risk of becoming a super villain, criminal robot thing. So kill everybody can before yeah. they can do that. And that's carried on and they never learned from it. They never really recovered. That to this day is still DC, and it's bleeding over in the movies where they're trying to compete with Marvel. And Marvel has had tremendous success, like record-breaking, like un 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 four two scenes. Is that is that the right? No, but never before seen <laughs> uh, success in nah. cinema with their universe, and they've learned from their mistakes. Yeah, and it's when kind of the- Iron Man two didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man 3 picked up on that and the other movies learned from okay let's not do that where DC is like okay we did this it failed let's do it harder next time but I mean, <laughs> you know I'm just, um, I'm just playing devil's advocate on this one I mean mind you we're only what what's this the fifth movie in this is the priest praying devil devil's advocate yeah, advocate, of course of course, of course. <laughs> yeah gotta look at it from all uh, sides they are they are five movies in so and that's, movies. that's that's no excuse because it's, it's it's not the fifth of all time DC movie of this you universe know, we, it is you, yeah. you, I mean, oh, you, you, oh, you can't that's connect the, it to the problem. That one word is the problem. Universe. Mm-hmm. When we had uh, the Tim Burton Batman movie in 1989, mm-hmm. that was one movie. It stood on its own two feet. It was to rot, to succeed or fail under its own accord. Right. Yep. So then, when they did another Superman movie, or they did tried to do a uh, Wonder Woman movie or anything like that, it would have been its own picture mm-hmm. to succeed or fail. Yes. The fact they're trying to link all these means that if one movie fails, another movie it can't stand on its own two feet. It has to either make up for the failure or measure up to the success. I, yeah. And where Marvel took that plunge and Marvel has lucked it into it because I mean that is an easy thing to fail at. Mm-hmm. Marvel's been lucky in my opinion because they've learned from mistakes and they have had missteps mm-hmm. and they've learned from them and continued to do good because they're lucky and they're aware. Mm-hmm. DC is just like like I said mm-hmm. okay this failed but we've committed to it. Yeah so it's it looks like they're just they trying continue. to play catch up you know what I mean? They're saying what they're doing Absolutely. across the pond and they're like yeah. we need to do something to compete with that but they're doing everything ju- almost everything the same just a little bit worse. Yes, I you know agree. What I mean, yeah, I whether agree. I said like it's the casting, whether it's the direction, because they've Marvel's had so much luck with just the mm-hmm. actors nailing mm-hmm. the roles, the mm-hmm. directors all of a sudden coming into their own, like the Russo brothers. You know yeah. what I mean? Who mm-hmm. saw that? Things like that. So I think they're trying to get the big names and the big the big people over in DC, and it's just like I don't know. If, like, well, can you buy into Ben Affleck? Can they're you shooting buy themselves into, you know, in the foot. Now, Gal Gadot this, is the exception. I think she's great. She's, I agree. She's been doing a really good job as Wonder Woman, and there's been a lot of backlash about the quote-unquote sexualization of Wonder Woman specifically in this picture, but I haven't seen that. There was sexualization of the Amazons, where they were proud figures and uh, legitimate armor and decent fight scenes and ability in the Wonder Woman standalone movie, solo movie, but in this picture, Wonder Woman herself was pretty badass. Well, didn't but they, the Amazons, so they changed the armor and they changed the design. They still had a pretty well well uh well well designed and well executed uh warrior society but for some reason they decided to change the costumes to make it more hey we're showing more midriff here we're showing more leg here mm. and that part seemed unnecessary because everything else about them screamed they are warriors they are protected i mean even 
there's a well, huge this? fight scene with the uh, Amazons, and that would that would have been that would have fit um, not necessarily in the main story, but if they did a side thing from the Wonder Woman picture, that would have fit right in line with it had they not changed the costumes. Okay. What this movie is actually about is okay. um, taken mm-hmm. directly from Batman versus Superman, where Batman feels extreme guilt for essentially being responsible for the death of Superman uh, towards the end of that. Spoiler if you haven't seen Batman vs. Superman, but it's been a while. <laughs> and we're dealing with his internal issues. Meanwhile, there's an oncoming threat. Batman has and internal issues? No. I, I know. Wow. I don't believe it. Right? <laughs> but we're dealing with an oncoming threat that's presented itself because there were a lot of notes that were adopted from Lex Luthor in Batman vs. Superman that never mm-hmm. really made sense in that picture. They make sense in this, in this picture. Hmm. So if you saw one directly after the other, that would actually be coherent. At the time in the movie, it wasn't. This movie has done a lot to make it um, relevant and make it understandable now. Hmm. Uh, Lex Luthor was collecting information on the mother boxes because the mother boxes, if anyone doesn't know, the mother box is uh, a, um, uh, I guess, a power beacon that allows people to activate boom tubes. Boom tubes are the direct transport between Earth and New Genesis or Earth and Apocalypse, mm-hmm. which it's mm-hmm. a little more involved to explain where those are. Let's just say they're other planets slash other dimensions where really powerful beings live. One of those has a mat on for the mother boxes, so he comes to Earth because he wants to collect them to enact his own agenda. And I'll leave it there because the rest gets really complex and really convoluted. But to stop this threat, this threat being a dude by the name of Steppenwolf, who, yeah, in the in the in the comics, mm-hmm. he's one of uh, Darkseid's um, underbosses mm-hmm. and one of his. I, th- I think he's his stepson, or um, or like son once removed. Darkseid has okay, all types yeah, of yeah, bastard yeah. children everywhere mm-hmm. uh, that he's negated or that he's um, disowned or done some messed up stuff with. A lot like Zeus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Steppenwolf comes to Earth and he's wreaking havoc. He's here to collect the mother boxes by any means necessary. And this goes into killing God knows how many people uh, going through warrior societies. He's not worried about heroes. He just needs the mother boxes. And when the heroes step in his way, that's when he gets involved in the fight himself. It does a very poor job of describing uh, who he is. The information I just gave you, uh, part of that came from knowledge from the comics. It kind of glosses over who he is. Just says he's here. It's he's where he's from, and this is what he, he he's aims the bad to guy. do. And yeah. I feel there was information that was cut out from uh, this final, um, dr- this final edit of the movie that would have made it make more sense. It probably would have added the t- added to the runtime too, which is probably why uh, it was removed. And I feel that detriment of the movie in the long run. Mm. I will say though that if you're a comic fan, if you are a DC fan, there are. A lot of things, a lot of glossed over scenes that are just kind of told over soliloquies that will make you happy. They described how the mother boxes, not how they got to Earth, but how they were, um, uh, what do you call it, um, distributed between societies in the ancient times and why uh, it becomes a chore to find them in the modern age. And that part was kind of cool because they showed how the Atlanteans fit in to our history and why they matter now, which gives explanation, which gives credence to why Aquaman uh, is showing himself for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, why don't you, how is the the new additions in terms of uh, the new characters? How is Aquaman? Well, that, how is Flash? How did they, and, the uh, actors uh, Cyborg, do? right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. and mm-hmm. Cyborg. It was really quick and I have my own beast with it being a, uh, a comic fan, especially being a DC fan, because each of these characters, I think, deserved more, um, at least a couple minutes more screen time, but also more merit in the presentation of their stories. Each one has a deep background. A better introduction? Like present, How were they introduced, too? Was it like... Uh, uh, they were introduced as 
Batman has all these files, so he knows everything he needs to know about these people. Yeah. So he just shows up. That I think that I was against between movies, but I think the seeing how it played out in the movie, I think was necessary because that they could have spent forever getting similar. to the point. Well, well they could have spent forever <laughs> getting to the point, but they wanted to make sure that unlike in Batman and Superman, you finally get to see these characters in action. If I'm in an Aquaman movie, I don't want to wait 45 minutes before he at least takes a swim. You know? <laughs> but I always so, like the uh, like round they, up the uh, round up the new guys, like you're assembling the team part. Yeah. I always well, like the that. They show up like Armageddon, like you know what I mean? They're trying to get everybody well, the in. The problem with that mm-hmm. is the presentation's all like Magnificent Seven, where you get these guys and you hear about what they yeah. can do, but mm-hmm. you never really see it. In this one, you see Batman in action for a bit, mm-hmm. and then you see he has, a, he has a larger plan. So that's very Batman-like, which was good. You see Wonder Woman, and she's right into Like, the first time you see Wonder Woman, it's not even like, you know, alter ego. It's not even like a conversation. It's just some stuff's going down, and bam, Wonder Woman's in it. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first, like, three minutes of the movie, which was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. So it got right nice. to it. It didn't make you wait for the action. But you can definitely see the lull between the J- Zack Snyder stuff and the Joss Whedon stuff. Really? And mm. I bl- Is it and noticeable? Like, like, it's, yeah. it, it's noticeable, but you almost want more Zack Snyder stuff because the Joss Whedon stuff is good, but you can tell that's where the studio interference came in. Because it's good, but you can tell, but like another 30 seconds here would have been great. And Z- Joss Whedon's mm-hmm. the type to leave that in. And finding out afterwards, um, it, a lot of the final calls on what to cut out, what to change, what to reshoot, mm-hmm. where to inject CG came from the uh, WB CEO, this dude named Kevin Sujihara. And like he made these calls before the movie came out. Like I think I, I think before when they just started production, like I'm 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 putting a hard stop on the time limit. I'm making sure this fits in here and that goes here, and those are side steps to work around Zack Snyder's foibles. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, once Joss Whedon came in, uh, they should have been some input from Jeff Johns, and I forget the other dude running DC Films, but Jeff Johns should have been able to say, no, this guy works differently. Let's let him work his way because the movie would have been slightly longer, but I think it would have been more coherent and would have been more worthwhile. I've got to give this a thumbs down, which is very unfortunate. Mm. Um, I definitely have to call out the acting mm-hmm. on the part of the individual Just League members was good. Oh. And you really like, um, uh, dang it, what's his name? Kyle Drago. Uh, yeah, Aquaman. Um, the actor that played him. I, f- I forget his name. Jason, Jason Momoa. Thank you. Jason, Jason Momoa uh, as Aquaman. I really like him. You really like him. He's a lot like Thor. Well, he's, yeah. he, he's more like, you know, hey, he's got the big, I mean, just yes, diesel, cut, diesel chisel, yeah, attractive yeah. guy. Absolutely. You know, one, of, one of my favorite, one of my favorite memes <laughs> going around online is how can people look at pictures of Jason Momoa standing a, a half in the water, got the tattoos on, just this dude impossibly cut, cartoonish physique, got the hair going and everything and say that, uh, Blake Shell, still the most attractive man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> most yeah. sexiest man alive. That I, was, saw, I saw that meme. That was, that was, that was <laughs> I, I looked at that and I was just like. For a first second, for a split second, I'm watching this one. I'm, I'm just like, you're like, hey, yeah. oh wait a minute, got a little chubby. Eye. I, I, you know, it was, I don't like country it was, music. It was, it was, it was <laughs> and his performance was good. It was, it had a good amount of comic relief, but also a, you know what? I don't want to do this, but I need to, so I'll join up with this team. It made sense. Hmm. Cyborg, I thought they glossed over his origin, which did him a disservice because Cyborg is a complex character, and all people really know of Cyborg. Yeah, I'm not really from now on well versed in. Exactly. If you've seen character. maybe the Teen mm-hmm. Titans Go cartoon show, oh, that's yeah. all the origin yeah. people have gotten. So it deserved a little more because the actor did a great job. 
Um, maybe not so much in the dra- in the dramatic scenes. Joe Morton is in this. Okay. Joe Morton plays um, uh, Victor Stone. Uh, not Victor Stone. Um, uh, Professor Stone. Dad of Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, his father. And Joe mm-hmm. Morton, if anyone doesn't know, Miles Dyson, brother from another planet. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He's an actor. He's very prestigious. That's, a good, yep. really good That's a good reference. I was going to go Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Dude who kept the hands. Dude who kept the hands. Yeah, he's a great actor. And they just kind of... They, uh, I didn't know he was in this. They, they kind of awesome. waste him in yeah, this. They kind of waste a lot of uh, talent that they had, and the CG is <laughs> less egregious in the fight scenes, more egregious in the re- in the obvious reshoots where they have images of Superman when he just comes back to life. Uh, before he comes back to life, when they see him, uh, um, that's not a spoiler. He's in the the uh, Trailer. the trailers, but uh, they have a lot of CG where. Um, the actor had a mustache. He had a beard. He was doing a Mission Impossible movie. At the same time, they called him back, and he couldn't shave the facial hair, so they CG'd it out, and a lot of it really? just was fake. I remember that. I remember that. It's noticeable. It's wow. oh, Come on. That man. is the problem with this movie. That's just lazy. That's the problem. I've actually gone over time now. It's... I've mentioned a lot. I've mentioned some good. I've mentioned some bad. This one really skirted the line. I really wanted to give it a positive review, but the facts are the facts, and I couldn't, which is unfortunate because I think the actors really tried their heart. They put their hearts into this. Even Ben Affleck, he's, he's even tried. Ben, even mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, you get a lot more Ben Affleck and a much like more likable Bruce Wayne in this, which huh. is which is sad because he has worked his ass off. Like we've seen this Bruce man Wayne or on. Ben Affleck, <laughs> both. But Bruce Wayne actually did Bruce Wayne type work in this, gotcha. and we saw the outcome of it. And it was just unfortunate because the actors really tried, and it hurts to give this one a bad review. But I got to give it a thumbs down. You all right? Uh, I, 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 you all right? I don't even know if I want to talk about wrestling now, man. <laughs> hey, I was hoping you gave me something to hold on we, to uh, for this. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need everyone to like bang their chairs and rally, you know. <laughs> Because the Thriller Priest is about to step in. But if you have anything to say on Justice League, Mm -hmm. uh, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. If you're watching us on Twitch and you want to fight through those tears and hit your keyboard on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown, we'd love to hear from you in the chat. And Johnny can field your your hate mail and uh, and death (laughs) threats. (laughs) And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, hopefully. But Justice League, unfortunately, I have to give it a pass. I'm not really surprised. I'm sorry. I'm not either, man. But, I mean, you hit on the head there. Johnny, that they're really trying to play catch up. I right, right, let me let's get it. Kick it over to JM, the Thriller Priest for WWE. Yes, let's start off with NXT first. NXT mm-hmm. Takeover War Games. The tagline was Houston. We have a War Games. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. That's a that's <laughs> a stretch there. Yeah, that's that's what the tagline was. I mean, hey, that's what they went with. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> So it took place in Houston. It was a. Uh, I thought this was a really good pay per view. So I'll go down through uh, some of the matches. One, uh, Velveteen Dream went up against Alistair Black. Uh, Velveteen Dream, for those of you who don't know, name. he has. It's a great gimmick. It, we got like it's like yeah, a he prince. comes out in a rabbit suit. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, walk me for a little bit. Okay, I'll walk okay, you okay. through him. Um, he's like a prince plus gorgeous George. Plus gold dust sort of character. It works so well. Um, it just works so well for this guy. Young black guy, very athletic, wicked tall. Just he by he's he's this gimmick. And it's to the point where the fans really like him. Mm. Um the, the matchup, the story builder for the matchup was blah. Alistair Black is this sort of occultish super superhuman who's really reserved, doesn't really talk, just goes in, mm. kicks ass and takes names. That's really all he does. So the gimmick was um or the matchup was um Velveteen Dream being this over um this overly exuberant, very flamboyant, 
uh, very feminine, if you will, sort of character, mm -hmm. um, wanting to effectively get under the skin of Aleister Black. So the whole thing was Velveteen Dream wanting Aleister Black to acknowledge him and say his name. Horrible premise. It was very loose, but they made it work and they built it pretty good to the point where this match was so filled with ring psychology. It was one of my favorite matches of the entire night because it's been a long time to see ring psychology. I mean, first and foremost, Velveteen Dream showed up with, I haven't seen these in forever, airbrush tights. A la Rick Rude. Nice. <laughs> and his yeah. face on it. And Alistair Black's face on it. And props to the commentators for saying, yeah, man, remember, remember Jake the Snake's wife was on Rick Rude's tights? <laughs> so for those of y'all who don't remember, <laughs> Jake the Snake went up against <laughs> Jake the Snake went up against Rick Rude. Mm -hmm. Folks lost it because Rick Rude was known to put the, the female companions of his opponents on his tights. And he put Jake the Snake's Robert's wife on Ooh, his crotch, yeah. which was just like, wow. bro, you crossed the line. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Earning that nickname of <laughs> and you know how messed up at the time Jake the Snake was. Oh, yeah, too, so so. it was a mess. It was just one of those damn Rick Rude. So they referenced <laughs> that. Like, Velveteen Dream got up on his not. tights. I <laughs> love Jake the Snake. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was just great ring psychology. I mean, you got these big guys who were just flying all over the place. The audience was bought into it. Audience was saying, Say his name. Say his name. Like, it was just really interesting to see them get behind his heel. And it was just great ring psychology as a whole. Great, good spots. <laughs> good match overall. Alistair Black <gasps> took it, but it was definitely a tight match. And the good thing is Velveteen Dreams have been wrestling for three years. I mean, he's a young guy. He's, he's like 22, 23. So he's a young wow. guy going because a guy who's 13 years of the game. Mm -hmm. And just seeing this great chemistry between these two characters was really good. Four-way um, title match for the women's title. Peyton Royce, Ember Moon, Kari Sane, and Nikki Cross. Mm -hmm. The one thing I really liked about this match was tons of um, tons of high spots for the women. Peyton Royce was, was slated to win or at least those on Twitter assumed that Peyton Royce would win. Um, however, um, Ember Moon took it at the end. It was just really good to see all the bumps that Nikki Cross took. I'm a little bitter that Nikki Cross took all these bumps, including a power bomb straight to the ground. I mean, you know, like the, mat the matting outside is like really thin. I mean, y'all y'all been to gym class. Yeah. Um, got, them, got them paper ones. The little, little really like thin mats. <laughs> and man, she got power bomb hard on that match. She's like, oh. This woman takes too many bumps, bro. Just like, dunk. Like, oh. Um, but it was. Well, is, is she like a Mick Foley then? Is she just like every storyline has her as the punching bag for everyone else? Not necessarily. This she's um her gimmick is um crazy psycho. I'm willing to just go balls to the wall, and I think her her gimmick and her character calls for it, mm -hmm. but not necessarily her wrestling style. And this is say she's a Foley sort of character who's willing to get her body beat up, but she knows the hardcore this is, thing. Not the hardcore thing, but it's more or less you know what I know I'm capable of um. Uh, pushing the envelope some and she so did no, i mean no one, no one slamming around thumbtacks no nah, no that sort of stuff i mean we're a long way for women getting thrown on dump thumbtacks at least on um wwe tv all right so i mean series of moves that was really brother. good say again much too much japanese wrestling brother watching the <laughs> japanese wrestling match where a dude pulled a gun on the other one yeah i saw that one too he put the gun on him i was like what <laughs> love me some japanese wrestling man they be over the top too um one of the series of moves that was just great spots nikki cross did it um, a hanging swing and net breaker um, to Ember Moon, which was just executed so well. Peyton Royce probably has the best perfect plex since Mr. Perfect. Like her perfect plex is just amazing. Or the okay. Fisherman's Suplex, for those of you who don't know Mr. Perfect. Mm -hmm. It was just done so beautifully. Like it's just, it's an art form watching her do it and hit the bridge. It's just like, wow, like mm -hmm. this is wrestling. Um, Kyrie Zane did a nice little combination with the Alabama Slam, um, which is kind of rare to see a woman do an Alabama Slam. I mean, those are just difficult moves to, to actually hit. You know, like, what's an Alabama Slam? Effectively, you're holding them and you swing them and you slam them. Like, their head slams to the ground. Um, it's just an amazing move. Um, very simple, but it's hard to execute. Wait, hold on. So, so what, what's, your, what's your favorite move, brother? 
Hmm. I would say my favorite boot is probably the cutter. Hands down, just the diamond sort of cutter. Uh, Maybe diamond cutter, but more, uh, I'll say more along the lines of Jay Lethal's le uh, Lethal Injection, where he does a handstand, bounces off the ropes on top, like stands on his hand, bounces off the ropes, and then catches you with the cutter. Oh, so okay. that'll be my favorite move. All right. Um, but e my, either my, way, my. any sort of variation of a cutter is, is one of my favorites, and Alabama Slam just hurts like hell. I'll say between that and the, um, it's along the same lines of a spine buster. Okay, yeah, spine buster sucks. And Ron Simmons probably had the best spine buster, I would say. Some would say Arn Anderson, but I would say Ron, Ron Simmons. Simmons, wow. Mm, Ron no, Simmons. even better. You said Arn Anderson. I haven't heard that name <laughs> in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Arn Anderson's still going. Arn Damn Anderson isn't. Out. Really? Arn, I mean, not wrestling, but I mean, he's still he's in a back. <laughs> Arn Anderson had to be like 107. <laughs> you talking about he's still wrestling. He's in a back doing talent relations. All right. Arn Anderson Zane was an old the, school wrestler. That's who that was. Kyrie Zane hit the uh, Alabama Slam, and then she did um, her insane elbow, which is just beautifully executed and then ember moon into taking it by doing her eclipse um which is a which is a jump she jumps off the top rope it catches you with a stunner so it's nice little corkscrew stunners what she does with the top rope so it was a nice match great nice bumps i mean it's good to see these four women actually wrestle and go at it mm -hmm. um drew mcintyre what a biggest cm uh, cn almas y'all been hearing about talk about cm almas how he's has how he hasn't been pushed nearly as much how they got this champion from mexico they just kind of they built them up that he said a job of just taking l's and they re-imaged him through a val do a, um, a manager with him zelina vega great manager um who somehow some way finagled him to get this title shot he became nxt champion and it's great chances are he's probably gonna be a transitional champion you know hold it for a little bit and drop it but i'm just glad that this guy got it because it's one of those great story of a guy who started off blah and just built the fan base the fans were cheering for him hard cheering C, C, C just for him. Um, it's just awesome just to be able to see that. And he did a great job. I mean, considering the fact that Drew McIntyre was like 30 pounds, weighed 30 pounds more than him cut Diesel Jack Irish do. A good like six or seven inches taller than him. But the match looked believable. That's a testament to McIntyre for making Almas look good. Because typically, if you have a match with that size disparity, sometimes it could go either way. Yeah, sometimes no, the big guy take out Goliath. Pretty much. And sometimes it looks like, can that little guy really be him? But I mean, it, it worked out really well. And finally, the War Games match, you just need to go see it. I'm just going to tell you one spot. It was the superplex off the top of the cage. Oh. Like, off the top of the cage from uh, from Adam um, by um, by um, Roderick Strong to Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. Great um, great finish. So, check that out. All right, we're going to jump right into um, Survivor Series. Considering the fact that my time is limited. WWE Survivor Series. Survivor Series. All right, let's go. Shield went up against the New Day. A bunch of good spots that match. Um, one of the things I want to point out is the fact that when Roman Reigns started off the match, or when he stepped to the match, the, the, the crowd still chanted, you still suck. So <laughs> Man, this guy's having a hard time, bro. So that's pretty bad. They still chanted, you still suck, to the point where Big E goes, they're talking about you, and points out. <laughs> They're talking to you. you. Already acknowledged it on their part. <laughs> That's oh, hilarious. Man. Just, just, just oh, so man. you know, I'm gonna stop this match. And just, <laughs> and just let them, let them tell you how much you still suck. Because we all know this whole thing was a ploy to just kind of give Roman yeah, Reigns. Yeah, and push. I thought it was a good one too. You <laughs> it know? was gonna be the cheer them at the end. Yeah, but when he stepped to the ring, they still said you still suck. It was Poor hilarious. Guy. Poor guy. So I mean, Shield took it. It was a great fight. New Day did really well. I'm glad that Xavier Woods spent a lot of time in the ring because typically he's usually the, the New Day member who doesn't get nearly as much shine. Mm. Um, beyond his ability to talk trash. 
the ladies smack the ladies match between um smackdown and raw the highlight for me is when nia jacks went up against tamina in the match so you got the two big women going at it and it just looked beautiful i mean you see nia Jax do a cannonball i mean <laughs> i wasn't expecting her to do a cannonball um you see you see tamita do several super kicks and come off the top rope like her daddy superfly jimmy snooker it just went very well and of course oscar was a sole survivor effectively continue to her push um aj styles went up against brock lesnar aj sells very well i would say aj is probably the best seller since rick flair hands down he yeah. made lesnar look amazing and lesnar actually fought hard I mean, to the Which point, is something he ahead. hasn't been doing a lot exactly. lately. Exactly. He's, kind of been, he's definitely losing mm-hmm. steam a little bit. He he's has been. A older. His matches are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, he looked great. Um, and he it, he made he made the match look well. Mm-hmm. The Usos went up against the bar. Um, the Usos are just on a whole new level, man. They, they, their character changes have definitely done wonders for them. The one thing about this match that was good, the Usos typically are high-flying sort of match. Mm-hmm. So for them to have their strength tested, by virtue of going up against bigger guys was a good thing so it showed their physical strength at the same time with the bar it made Sheamus and Zara have to speed up to catch up with the, with the Usos so it was a good strength versus speed match but they both had to step up their, their inadequacies in that area so that was really good mm-hmm. um, Charlotte beat Alexa alright finally the um, the last match with um, Smackdown versus Raw um, you had um, yeah, Cena, Orton, Shane Rude, Nakamura would have against Triple H, Strowman, Angle Balor and Joe. Hey, I mean, at the end of the day, the COO was one of the last survivors. Triple H stayed at the end. Really? He got the final pin. You mean it wasn't John Cena? Nope. Kind of wish it was John Cena, actually. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you had Triple H there. You had Strowman there. There was like this weird thing where Triple H turned on Angle, um, pedigreed Angle, so he could get the yeah. pin on Shane. Um, so his hand was raised and Strowman's hand was raised. Strowman's angry because they did the whole pause and staring at Strowman and whether or not they're gonna take Strowman out. So Shane and Triple H standing next to each other, staring at Strowman. Strowman's like, Y'all you gonna turn on me too? That's when Triple H turns on Shane. Not really turns on him, but just there's pedigree though, yeah. Those are pedigree matches over and Strowman's kinda like, Don't you ever put me in a position where I'm thinking you're gonna do something to me, sort of thing. We'll see where that goes. Effectively, all it really does is set up the match for WrestleMania between Triple H and Kurt Angle. I'm like, yo, it's a little too early to be doing that right now. Like, yeah. We got a little while for you to set up that match. So overall, this pay-per-view was actually a good pay-per-view, despite the fact that Raw took it four to three, four wins to three wins for SmackDown. But overall, I thought it was a good pay-per-view, especially um, watching the women's title match. Um, I mean, the women's um, Survivor Series match. Mm-hmm. Watching AJ versus um, Brock Lesnar. That was really good. And of course, the Usos in the bar. Um, Shield and New Day still pretty good as well, but I would say those are probably my top three, four matches. All right, and so that's all I got, Pete. Cool, all right. cool, cool. Thank you, brother. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm a little perturbed that uh, Triple H uh, took it like that. But tell me, could that possibly be because he's COO? I think it's a situation where Vince doesn't trust his new talent. He's willing to go out and recruit, recruit new talent. I've heard that too. But yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. but it's like, does anybody clamoring to see Triple H still in these serious matches? And I start think headlining so. A lot of things. I think so. I think it's those people who just tuned in. Um, these are WWE fans specifically who just mm-hmm. started watching recently, mm-hmm. who missed the heyday, who yeah. missed Triple H's heyday, who missed. Brock Lesnar's heyday. Who missed but they're not going to build a heyday. new heyday a, if they don't like turn it over much. the talent to let pretty them kind of get yeah, the spot. These are old. These are old people, man. Kurt Angle left twice because of health issues. He shouldn't <laughs> yep. be back now. Yeah, that he was looking like rough. I mean, that took us in the match with his leg wrapped rough. up. You said here like, bro, looks like a giant pepperoni stick. <laughs> I mean, he does. He does. I mean, he does not look like he used to. He's just shell of himself, just like just like Goldberg's a shell of himself. You know, yep. but it's one of those. 
it, it, you're playing to a base of people who wanted to have that but never experienced it. So kind of like when when Hulk Hogan went to WCW in like '95. Oh, you know, what I mean, not before he was Hollywood, but he went down as Red and Yellow Hogan. Those yeah. Southerners didn't ha- didn't own Hogan, so he was still reliving his glory days that he had in the '80s because all the Northerners had Hogan because yeah. he was based out of New York with WWE or WWF at the time. Well, it so it's that same sort of thing. These cats, it's garbage, and the cats are afraid of change. That's all I'm saying. In some ways, yeah, yeah. And I think it's Vince afraid to take a risk in that sort of way, too. Like, hey, I know they're going to draw. So I'm going to use Orton. I'm going to use Cena. I'm going to use Triple H. Um, I'm going to use Angle because I know for a fact people know who they are and they will draw. Which yeah, but Cena's I think is putting fair. people over, though, too. You know, he is. He's doing, doing a great right. job. Mm. All right. Well, they'll come around, hopefully, given the 20, uh, 2024. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here talking about it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for that. No brother. doubt. If you heard about that or you watched the pay-per-view, you want to mm-hmm. chime in again, mm-hmm. geekdownradio at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Let us know what's good. Also, hope you're watching on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. Mm-hmm. If you weren't, every show is broadcast live there with the live chat. You can talk to us and let us know, like, live. Let us know what you're feeling, what you're not feeling, what's going down, how right I am, how wrong Adam is all the time. Feeling me. (laughs) Feel me. Also, hopefully you're following us on Facebook and Twitter. If not, you can check us out. Both of those search The Geek Down with the first ones to pop up. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, all over the sucker. And naturally, just go to the website geek-down.com and get the inside stuff. But until next time, same bad time, same bad channel here on WEMF. We'll catch you all be excellent to each other. Peace. Peace. Topicals, remedies using only whole plant cannabis formulas for real green healing, mind, body, and soul. Providing patient to patient safe access. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook for details and information. Green Goddess Delights. Green Goddess Delights.